The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. I don't know how people cannot see it. I think the people that say that they don't see it are either in a state of denial, they're ostriches with their head in the sand, or they're just plain lying. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them, criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. They've wisened up. They've realized that sometimes it's better, if you're going to do shadowy things, to stay in the shadows. So now we've got a true January 6th committee not a sham committee like the Democrats ran, not a committee where Republicans weren't allowed, not a committee where the Republicans got to choose who would be sitting on the committee like every other committee. No, no, no. The Democrats hand-selected Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney because they knew that they were basically Democrats. A never-Trumper is a Democrat. And the whole thing was a sham. Soviet show trial. But they claim that that was legitimate. But the actual legitimate January 6th committee that's looking into the Fed surrection, that's looking into how many federal agents were not only present in the crowd, but that were actively encouraging the crowd to enter the Capitol, to climb the scaffolding, to do illegal acts, to act is a Jean's provocateur. January 6, 2021 was a Fed surrection. It's the only fair way to characterize it. And now we've got a committee that's looking into all of that. And also looking into the Biden crime family. We already saw that nothing was going to happen. Special counsel, Robert her, no relation to Ben, isn't going to bring any charges against Joe for illegally possessing classified documents to which he never had any legal right. It's not like he had the legal right and then it expired. No, he never had a legal right to take those documents, whether he was a U.S. senator at the time or the vice president. Boxes and boxes in various locations in his garage next to his Corvette, at the Penn Center in Chinatown, moved hither and yon under no security. But President Trump has a few boxes of documents to which he was legally entitled under lock and key in a residence guarded by the Secret Service. And somehow he's the subject of a criminal probe by the out of control special counsel Jack Smith. And now we've got Hunter and James and the White House is saying, oh, these subpoenas are not valid. They need to be quashed because the committee is not constitutionally valid. This is just Congress harassing the president. How well do you think that would have worked for Richard Nixon? How well do you think it worked for Ronald Reagan with the Iran-Contra affair? Congress harassing the president? How about Congress is exercising its constitutional oversight role? Our founders were brilliant in giving us a system of checks and balances. They feared the aggregation of power. 
In fact, one of the big biggest problems our country faces is the tyrannical administration. Too strong a presidency. The administration, administrative agencies and departments taking too much power away from Congress, Congress not asserting its authority. We need to get back to that dynamic tension. We need to get back to the system where very little legislation was supposed to be passed. You're supposed to have the House and the Senate agree. And then the president gets to veto. And you got to have a two-thirds majority to override the veto. The founders didn't want a lot of legislation passed. Check out the code, U.S. code. See how long, how many feet of shelf space that takes up now. And then when you're done with that, go check out the Code of Federal Regulations, which are the regulations under all of those laws. Our executive departments have gotten bloated, and they need not a trim, but a chainsaw taken to them. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Do you have a suggestion for a possible guest that you'd like to hear on TNT Radio? Or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss. Then we want to hear from you. Simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT Radio website. Help us make a difference on TNT Radio. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Transportation Secretary Pete Bootyplug has vowed that his department will investigate after a recent viral video clip showed airline baggage handlers dropping a wheelchair down a slide and allowing it to crash to the ground. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT radio news producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. I'm not 100% sure that's his legal name, but we'll go with that. Um, oh, did I mispronounce video- it? I thought I it was pronounced so. booty plug. It's not? No? I, I might have to check on that. Uh, all <laughs> right. We know who you mean. Uh, shocking video shows American Airlines baggage handlers at Miami International Airport callously hurling a passenger's wheelchair down a lengthy metal ramp, sparking fierce backlash against America's largest airline in the now viral video, which I completely missed. How? Oh, because I don't use TikTok. Uh, That's where it was originally posted uh, on TikTok on Sunday. Um, An American Airlines staff member is seen letting go quite callously, quite obnoxiously, uh, let go of a wheelchair at the top of an unenclosed baggage chute as another staffer waits at the bottom. As the mobility device picks up speed, the employee on the tarmac makes absolutely no effort to slow its momentum before it crashes into a metal gate and goes airborne, flipping end over end several times and repeatedly bouncing on the pavement before landing out of view. Luckily, it did not explode into a fireball like the Bentley at the Rainbow Bridge crossing up at the U.S.-Canada border. That's another story. Uh, The employee then casually saunters over to the wheelchair places it on a large rolling call uh, dolly containing several other mobility devices is what you can see on the video uh the clip has been viewed now nearly three million times on TikTok alone uh and it included a caption by the original poster claiming that the workers were laughing at this as they did the exact same thing with two other wheelchairs before she bothered uh to start filming it uh so i guess they were doing this she was like this is ridiculous and she decided to film it I'm kind of glad she did. The footage has sparked widespread condemnation online as it's spread, including from others who claimed that their own mobility devices had been damaged in transit by American Airlines. The incident even caught the attention of Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who took to X to express his disgust. Quote, this is totally unacceptable. We'll be investigating. This is exactly why we are taking action to protect passengers who use wheelchairs. Everyone deserves to travel safely and with dignity. End quote. I agree. Senator Tammy Duckworth, Democrat for Illinois, herself a wheelchair user, who has frequently called for airlines to treat passengers' mobility devices with greater care, called the incident infuriating in a post on x she wrote quote for americans who rely on wheelchairs to live out our lives fully breaking our wheelchairs is like breaking our legs 
in 2023, we should not still be seeing our mobility devices treated like this by airlines. American Airlines must do much better, end quote. Earlier this year, Duckworth introduced the Prioritizing Accountability and Accessibility for Aviation Consumers Act, aimed at requiring the Department of Transportation to publish detailed annual reports of air travel complaints lodged by disabled travelers. Reached by email Thursday, American Airlines said in a statement to NY Post that their teams are reviewing the video and will be taking, quote, necessary next steps. Uh, an airline spokesperson said, quote, we recognize how important it is to support the independence of customers with disabilities by ensuring the proper care of mobility devices throughout their journey with us. This visual is deeply concerning, and we are gathering more details so that we can address them with our team. We will continue to work hard to improve our handling of assistive devices across our network, end quote. And the air airline, excuse me, went on to say that they, quote, routinely provide training for our customer operations teams that focus on the appropriate handling of wheelchairs and other mobility devices. And we have engaged those teams to determine areas where we can continue to improve, end quote. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation data from August, America Airlines ranked 13th out of 15 carriers for incidents of mishandled mobility devices, 226 incidences being reported that month alone, or 2.24% of all wheelchairs and scooters taken aboard. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this is a pretty... Pretty terrible thing to see, Timothy, uh, but I'm glad some citizen journalist brought light to this so that hopefully we can affect change. But what do you say? I'm shocked, shocked that the wheelchair users weren't in the wheelchairs when they threw them off the plane. That seems to be the Democrats' favored thing to do with people in wheelchairs is, is push them over the cliff. If you remember the political ads 20 years ago, but that ran by Al Gore against George W. Bush. You know, Bush was going to push Granny over the cliff with her in her wheelchair. Uh, I'm also surprised they weren't holding up signs. You know, 9.0, 10, giving degree of difficulty for the dismount. It, it's absolutely obscene, and, and it's nothing new. There's a reason why in the 1970s, American Tourist or Luggage Company or maybe it was Samsonite, it was one of the hard-sided luggage companies, used a gorilla. They gave the bag to a gorilla and had the gorilla smashing it around in a cage to show how sturdy it was. Why? Because that's what happens with the baggage handlers. These people, if you've ever looked out the window and watched them loading the baggage carts while you're waiting to deplane, they couldn't care less about the integrity of your luggage. That's why I don't check bags, especially on a connecting flight. I've had too many bags lost, have to come back two days later, three days later, four days later. Oh, by the end of your trip, you can pick up your bag at the airport. That's happened to me too many times. I don't check bags. And I also don't check them because I don't want the baggage handlers getting their mitts on my bag. They don't treat any baggage with respect. But if they were to treat wheelchairs with respect you know if they're going to treat any baggage respectfully i'd rather it be the wheelchairs at least treat the wheelchairs respectfully adam i mean what kind of what kind of person is going to do that to somebody that relies on that wheelchair to get around i mean it's just it, it boggles the mind i i guess the most charitable thing i can say is that they weren't thinking about that they weren't thinking about how they could have impacted somebody's mobility yeah, no, it looks like a bunch of like teenagers just having a, a fun time while mom and dad aren't looking or something, you know, just a bunch of kids, immature actions. Uh, there's there's no foresight or intelligence in society these days, Timothy. Uh, I, I'm frightened sometimes to go out. Uh, I used to trust that the person cooking my food at the restaurant, even though they were young and experienced and usually a teenager uh, or whatnot at fast food, or whatever, at least they were taught correctly and they, they understood basic things like, you know, you're supposed to refrigerate food and you're supposed to cook it all the way and prevent people from getting sick. But I don't, I don't know that that's going on anymore. And I'm very frightened to, to even eat out anymore, my friend, because that, of things like this. That's a whole other conversation i mean we I, i'm not going to even get into the foul things that 
teenage fast food workers have been found to have done with food that they then served. So you're absolutely correct. And ah, we shouldn't be eating fast food anyway. Garbage in, garbage out. We need to treat our bodies as temples and, and just put good food in it. Right, Adam? Thanks for another story. Another great week of stories. Have a wonderful weekend. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. You should hear what Patrick Henningsen's talking about. So all the Israelis are really escalating air attacks and bombing attacks uh, to a degree that we haven't even seen before. Why this escalation? Why is it happening right now? This is a big problem. And this has been going on now for four weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And still no calls for a ceasefire, no definitive or categorical calls anyway from the U.S. leadership, from those who, from the onset, let's face it, they were backing this military action by Israel uh, on the Gaza Strip. And everybody thought, well, how bad could it be? How long could it go? Here we are month later we're still here we're still talking to you we're still reporting this and another hospital was uh, hit last night as well well over 30 medical facilities and hospitals have been uh, hit and uh, taken out of action in some cases pulverized by the israeli occupation forces or the idf as it's uh, widely known patrick henningson on today's news talk tnt radio when you can point me to an industry to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. We don't rock, rock. we talk. talk. Today's news talk. TNT Radio. Chuck Kordak is a very successful serial entrepreneur, primarily in the computer software and services industry. He was Shark Tank before Shark Tank, an alumnus of Ohio State University, where he was Navy ROTC. He's currently working on a master's degree there. Chuck is a staunch conservative from a military family and is committed to giving back to our military and first responders. He's been active in the Ohio GOP for decades, and his educational initiative, Right of Center USA, focuses on training our current and future leaders. You can find him at rightofcenterusa.com and deploymentbrands.com. Welcome back to The Reckoning for another Flyover State Report, Chuck Kordak. Timbo, it's great to be here. You know, I really like your background. Very patriotic. Yeah, the, the the, the guys in the booth make me look good. The guys this is the, yeah, this is the weekend, isn't it? It is the weekend. It really is the weekend that's coming up with the Ohio State University and that team up north. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And, and everything that's going on around it, Timbo, is just absolutely crazy. So are we going to do it like your typical local news station and wait till the sports at the end? Or are we going to hit it off with the sports right at the beginning? Oh, I think we've got to lead with the game. That's the only news that's happening oh. this weekend. I'm not, I don't even have a dog in the fight, right? I'm, I'm out of the Eastern Independent now with the ACC, uh, Syracuse Orangemen, Boston College Eagles. But uh, I, uh, I've i always pulled for those Wolverines. They were my Big Ten team, now my Wait, Big I'm 14 leaving. team. That- Pretty soon next year. When What I want to know is when is the Big Ten going to change its name? Next year, they're they're right now. They're the Big Fourteen. Next year, are they going to be the Big Eighteen? I mean, to have let let's talk about this first. How money has ruined college sport? To have USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten, they've just completely destroyed the meaning of the Rose Bowl. They've completely destroyed the Big Ten as the dominant Midwestern conference. It, it, sport has become a joke now, thanks to all the money that's that's poured in yeah Timbo, it's ridiculous it really is i mean the whole thing i actually fought down at ohio state and complained that they're going to allow the students or the players to get paid for their images you know back in the day you went to college if you got a football scholarship it paid for your college education to get your four-year degree and it was kind of it was an honor to do that but you also earned it too i mean sure archie two-time two-time Heisman Trophy winner from the Ohio State University. You know, he still ended up finishing his degree. Uh, Eddie George, you know, he left early for the NFL. He was on a five-year plan there, left, but he still came home during the summer times before the internet to get his college degree. 
money has absolutely ruined college football. And, you know, before, you know, you'd see the guys riding around the cars. They were given to them by the dealerships to use like every 90 days or six months for the real, you know, top end players. But what about, you know, my son who swam, you know, in, um, you know, a D1 school and uh, swam. He didn't get paid any money. You know, he barely got a scholarship and he had to uh, work extra hard and have an Army ROTC scholarship to supplement it. But all these kids are getting money now. And it's like it is. It's like the minor league for the NFL. Yeah, and let's face it, they're not getting an education. The biggest joke is at the NCAA basketball tournament when they have the media day. It's, uh, are there any more questions for the student athlete? You know, it's the student athlete this, the student athlete that. Well, having taught at a major power school, Syracuse University, I can tell you that most of these student athletes aren't getting an education, at least not in the money sports. And at least not the stars. The kids riding the bench, yeah, they go to class. They get a, a, an education. The non-revenue sports, the what they call the Olympic sports, yeah, the volleyball players, the softball players, the swimmers, they're all getting an Shooting education. Game. But our big football and basketball stars, the ones getting all this nil money, name, image, likeness money, come on. Everybody knows they're not getting an education. And Timbo, it's ridiculous that they're doing one year, maybe two years, and are getting out, and they're leaving the university, not getting a degree. I, I see, and that's what I would like to see. If if we're going to have name, image, likeness payments, you got to lie. You, you should have a choice. You can be one and done, two and done, or you can take the nil money and stay four years or five years if you redshirt and get your college degree. You know, the smart students are the ones that redshirt. And they end up getting a master's degree because they go to five years of college, they get a bachelor's degree, and then they pick up a master's. Those are the ones you got to keep an eye on. Those are the those are the real student athletes. There's a couple of them. I know there's a basketball player that was prominent back in uh, during the 2000s. You know, he went and played in the European League. And the name, you know, I, I forget the name right now, but it was in an article about a couple of weeks ago in the Buckeye Bulletin that they have down in Columbus, Ohio, where he came back and he's actually going to become a doctor. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, we had he Hal, we had Hal Cohen at Syracuse University who set the uh, consecutive free throw record. He's now Doctor Hal Cohen. He was yeah. a, the starting point guard for Syracuse back in the early '80s. You know, hopefully, you know something will happen. I don't think it will. You know, it's almost like we got to go watch high school football now. You know, to well, see all I, the and even high school football. You know, look at what that's become down in Texas. It's, I think, sport has has gotten crazy. I've totally tuned out of professional sports, and to be honest with you, after the scamdemic, after they canceled the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament, basketball tournament, I haven't even watched much college sport, but I will be watching the game tomorrow, and I will be pulling for the Wolverines. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Now, TNT Radio News. It's hot, see? It's very hot. It's hot news. So hot. Yeah, it's hot news. Hot news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 13 Israeli women and children who were taken hostage by Hamas on October 7th have been returned to Israel after being transferred through Egypt with the assistance of the Red Cross on Friday evening. Additionally, 12 Thai and one Filipino hostage have been released. As the Israel-Hamas ceasefire went into effect on Friday, Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohn vowed the Israeli side would resume military operations in the Gaza Strip as soon as both sides had finished exchanging prisoners. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. So it looks like Juicy Smollier left his imprimatur on the Midwest. We've got a couple of uh, juicy wannabes, don't we? Well, you know what's great about doing this flyover state report? You can't make this shit up. You I mean, really can't. Just, it's unbelievable. You know, a North Olmsted man, which is in northern Ohio, uh, accused of faking a hate crime, you know, uh, has seen... Uh, trying to pronounce the name, I, I odd was the name of his pronunciation of it. 
I was hit by a car driven by by a man who yelled things like "Kill all Palestinians," and uh, he made it all up, Timbo. And actually, you know, you you know, faked it, went to the hospital, and everything. You know that he was uh, that the incident was racially motivated. You know, it's almost as bad as uh, going to get a subway in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the night in Chicago, right by the lake. And if anyone's ever lived in Chicago during the wintertime, who goes out to get a subway sandwich at two o'clock in the morning and fakes a MAGA attack? I was going to say, clearly, yeah, clear. Who goes out for a subway sandwich at two in the morning? Clearly, Trump supporters wearing MAGA hats and beating up on black guys yelling. This is MAGA country. And they just, you know, also at four degrees, it was four degrees Fahrenheit that night. They just happened to be carrying a bottle of bleach, allegedly. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But then you've got that idiot NASCAR driver that said that a garage door pull shaped like a noose is a racist threat to him when there was, you know, pictures and video of it from weeks before. It's it's typical because you, you reach up, you put your finger through the loop and you pull the garage door down. It, it, almost every hate crime we've seen recently has turned out to be a hoax, except for guess which hate crimes haven't been faked. The hate crimes occurring against our Jewish brothers and sisters across the country, hate crimes at college campuses, hate crimes at synagogues. Those hate crimes are real and not being pursued. And what law enforcement is going after are these fake hate crimes. And as for it being racially motivated, as far as I understand, Islam's not a race. Tim, you know, the the hate crimes were down at the Ohio State University. A friend of mine, Jewish friend of mine, had his son attacked down at the Ohio State University. Yeah. And they did arrest him. You know, they found out, you know, the license plates, the guys were all on video and everything. They weren't that smart. And they caught him on video and they it took him a week, but they ended up finding him and arresting him. And they're going to prosecute him. To what extent? You know, um, don't know. But it's happening well, all over the place. Well, hopefully you know, to the fullest about, extent. Yeah. And the worst part about that, that one where the uh, the noose down uh down in Charlotte. Charlotte yeah, that was actually um, was kind of embarrassing. That was, you know, he races for Richard Petty Racing, of all mm-hmm. things. You know, yeah, Richard just, Petty you, would not have tolerated that. He would no longer be racing for Richard Petty Racing if Richard Petty were still running Richard Petty Racing. Yeah, he, he would be. You know, and it's just shameful to have something like that happen. You know, but they're they're trying to milk this scandal as much as they can. You know, you know, typical you know flyer state turn trying to milk it. You know, so. Um, you know, and also speaking to you, Tim, but what about uh, our great uh, congresswoman up in uh, Detroit? Um, you know, she oh, Tally Baba? Her, uh, yeah, she might lose her uh, her law license. You know, the one from Detroit, um, you know, being accused that, uh, you know, she was the one who helped bring in the uh, the protesters into the Capitol. Right. right. The AOC. Yeah, Rashid Tally Baba. Yes, Rashid Tally Baba is... <laughs> Unbelievable, all these nicknames the squad is getting. Hey, listen, listen, ridicule is our most potent weapon. I am going to use it every opportunity I get. And if I don't get any, I'll create some. It's almost as bad as as bad as calling somebody D train, right, Timbo? Almost as bad, but not quite. Not quite. So, you know, uh, here's one other thing. I mean, Ohio and Michigan are just a hotbed of things happening. You know, Ohio House passes a bill that GOP says promotes free speech in classrooms, but educators and the teachers disagree because they're defunding DEI and CRT. Right. So they passed a bill that promotes free speech in the classroom and it's equal for everybody. And that's, you know, it's amazing that in America we have to do that today, but we do because while free speech is enshrined in the United States Constitution, and the United States Constitution is made incumbent on the states by virtue of the 14th Amendment, these state governments are trampling people's rights left and right, not just their free speech rights, but all their rights, the right to freely exercise their religion. Nope, we've got a virus. You know, I don't recall a virus exception in the First Amendment. Apparently there was one. You know, we've got police shutting down church, 
churches. We've got, you know, governments running rampant here. Horrible Hochul, our governor, Kathy Hochul, has just passed another unconstitutional law. She's already been overruled by the Supreme Court once in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. She's about to be overruled in another gun rights case. And now we've got a third case that's going to go up to the Supremes. It's about her putting us all in FEMA camps. And she's just wildly out of control, power hungry. And if we don't put an end to it, if we don't gather together, both left and right, Democrats and Republicans, anybody who cares about civil rights, actually cares about civil rights and isn't just using them as a talking point, we need to unite and we need to tell these government totalitarians no in no uncertain terms. And then we need to toss them out of office. Absolutely. But, you know, they're starting to come back to you. I mean, look over in Indiana, the attorney general there is yeah. trying to say, you know, I'm here to I'm going to reunite Indiana. And she points out that the two previous attorney generals, you know, were called under the rug for, you know, different things that they've done. And, you know, they got reprimanded. And that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to be the uniter in Indiana. And, you know, us flyover states, you know, Ohio and Indiana, which are truly purple states that could possibly flip. You know, they're they're pretty close to, you know, having issues. But we've get, just got to keep pounding and pounding. And hopefully the next elections, the GOP here in Ohio and Indiana and Michigan really wake up to what like what happened down in Louisiana, how they swept the board there. Tim, right. We really need to fight like that to have this stuff happen, because then you're going to end up having like here the state of the great state of Pritzker, you know, trying to get a CCW here. What I hear from people, you know, it is absolutely almost impossible. And you have to go through all these regulations just to try to get it. Ohio's now open carry. No more CCW in Ohio. And here in New York State, they actually huh. make you put your guns on your license so that your, your CCW card carries all the handguns you have, which is blatantly unconstitutional, but yet people do it. And I think I mentioned that second New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case. That is because our law in, in New York State was unconstitutional my entire life. We knew it was unconstitutional, but nobody pressed it and got a good court ruling. Well, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's unconstitutional. So in a little toddler temper tantrum, horrible Hochul flipped us off with both hands and passed even more unconstitutional laws, more of them and more unconstitutional, both mores, right? She put in a whole host of new gun laws, each of which is more unconstitutional than the previous law. So that's going to get smacked down. And Chuck, I think that the Supreme Court is not going to look kindly on a governor flouting its decision and doubling down on infringing people's Second Amendment rights. I think there's a very real chance that in the second New York State rifle and pistol case, the court's going to say, oh, you didn't like our ruling? Okay, constitutional carry is the law of the land. At least that's what I'm hoping for. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. The climate agenda is a national security risk. Where do you hear this? From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. The climate and energy policies of California are threatening the security of residents. California has increased crude oil imports from foreign countries from 5% just 25 years ago to more than 75% today. According to Heartland analyst Ronald Stein, California is the only state in the United States that imports most of its crude oil feedstock to instant state refineries from foreign countries. California needs this oil for nine international airports and 41 military airports, as well as shipping ports up and down the coast. Meanwhile, Asia has 88 new oil refineries manufacturing fuel for California's airports and shipping terminals. It's time we recognize that the climate agenda is a national security threat. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Want to get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. 
it doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. You're listening to The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Chuck, one of the big issues in the 70s and 80s here in upstate New York was the acid rain that was coming out of the Midwest. They were using coal that had a lot of sulfur. It's called dirty coal. And the Mm -hmm. sulfur would be particulate matter in the atmosphere. It would bond with water droplets, water vapor in the air, and it would actually form sulfur sulfur dioxide and it would form sulfuric acid droplets. And it was very low acidity. It wasn't enough to burn your skin, for example. But when we'd get a storm front coming out of Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, and it would drop rain, that rain was just acid enough to kill the little fingerling fish that had just hatched. And our ponds in the Adirondacks were devoid of fish life for about a decade because of the acid rain problem. Well, they cleaned that up. They use clean coal. They use scrubbers. The coal-fired plants now are pretty clean, and yet they're still demonizing them in a push to go for green energy, which is actually much worse for the environment. The windmills release uh, untold numbers, uh, tons of volatile organic compounds during their manufacture. They require significant fuel to transport. And then once they're installed, they kill birds by the thousands, including well, not endangered only the birds, species. It, it, it kills whales and- Then uh, offshore, dolphins. they're killing the whales and the dolphins. They're making them beach themselves. And yet these, these religious fanatics, because that's what this climate change nonsense is. It's a religious fanaticism. They're back going after coal, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's total ideology. You know, when Christy and I are driving up to Chicago to you know, see the in-laws and have a great Thanksgiving with them, you see all the windmills, you know, uh, just north of Purdue University. I mean, it's windy up there. Anybody who's ever driven up oh, yeah. there during the time, it's windy. But, you know, these coal fire plants that are clean and run clean in the United States, they want to shut them down. But they're trying. There they go again, stirring up the pot, Timbo, just as I've had discussions, 2008, 2009. You know, Obama brings back racism and divides us. Now they're going back to the old thing with coal being the evil, you know, producer of energy. They're very clean now, Timbo. And Foxconn, Foxconn out of Cincinnati is selling a ton of equipment to India and China so they can catch up. I mean, they're lighting up a uh, a coal fire plant like two a day in China and they India. Are. You know, in and, fact, our coal, it, and our coal is, is clean. Our coal is clean. It's that beautiful anthracite from Pennsylvania, the hard coal. And here's how you know that all this climate change nonsense is complete BS. Paris Accords, all the climate change agreements, all the hysteria about how we're destroying the environment. Every agreement exempts the two largest polluters in the world, India and China. Well, guess what? Air pollution does not understand national boundaries. It doesn't stop once it reaches the the Canadian border, the United States border. It's a global problem. And why do we have air pollution today? It's not from what we're doing. It's it's all coming out of China and India and the uh, jet stream. So until we're going to hold India and China as accountable as we are Western economies, because that's what this is about. This isn't about the environment. It's about destroying the economies of Western first world countries in favor of minority developing countries. Well, you know, Tim, you got to remember back in the 70s, too, you know, we didn't get the we weren't called the Rust Belt states for nothing. We were the manufacturing heart of the United States. Yeah. Um, And now today. It's turning into the the silicon of the silicon of the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan. Um, well, you're right there between uh, May East and May West there in Columbus. Yeah, you know, and it's being a, uh, a internet entrepreneur opened up one of the first data centers myself in uh, Columbus, Ohio. You know, May East, May West was the main pipe. You know, going right through downtown Columbus off of I-70. You know, back in the 50s and 60s. 
you know, we had Nike missiles down there because we had Timken ball bearings. Now we're going to have to do, you know, uh, air defense because of all the data centers that are being built left and right down there. So you, we're not creating pollution. You know, we're creating dentist, uh, you know, data centers. A lot of white collar jobs, a lot of the blue collar jobs are gone, but there is no more, you know, acid rain or anything like that because our coal fire plants are clean. And how are you going to power those data centers? With coal fire plants or nuclear? It's only two ways. You know, I, exactly. I don't mind. Well, or, or natural or natural gas fired plants. Natural gas. You know, I don't mind them putting, you know, solar panels on every building at the Ohio State University or in parking lots. Actually, in their parking lots kind of protects your car during the wintertime and keeps all the crap off of it. Um, well, here's but, the thing, know, though. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the solar panels. First of all, they create a microclimate, right? So they create mm -hmm. a warming around them. Secondly, their sourcing is more than problematic. Literally, barefoot children in Rwanda and other West African nations are mining cobalt. And I mean bare feet. They're in the mud digging this cobalt ore out. And no, you know, no OSHA. There's no occupational safe health administration. And these solar panels and the EV batteries are really, really bad for the environment. And yet Ford keeps pushing it, but Ford Ford just got its nose, its wings clipped a little bit. It got punched oh, yeah, in the nose did. this week. There we go. And and in Illinois, of all places, I caught it off the uh, off of Christie's parents' uh, Chicago Tribune. Tell you what, I absolutely love you. Know, my mother-in-law, we had our little separate texting stream for Chrissy. She sends me some really good articles of what's going on in uh, Chicago and Illinois with Pritzker. You know, and right now, Illinois Ford dealerships win a ruling. 26 Illinois Ford dealerships won a legal battle last week for the, that could short-circuit EVs because of all the money they have to put into the dealerships to get it up and running. And it just doesn't support the infrastructure for it. It's just no, see, what, what this ruling was, Ford was making its dealers install fast charges. If you wanted to be a certified dealer, if you weren't certified, you couldn't sell or service any EVs after next year, any electric vehicles. If you wanted to be a certified dealer, you had to pay $15,000 for training and put in one fast charger. And if you wanted to be a gold certified, you had to pay $45,000 for training and put in three chargers and then agree to put in a fourth a few years from now, it was going to cost over $1.2 million per dealership. And, I, and here's where I come down. I don't care if people want to drive an electric vehicle. It's a fun little toy. If you want to do that, fine. But don't endanger people around you by putting a charger in your garage because those things catch fire. Don't mandate that this has to be done. You know, they're all talking about it. it's the inevitable future. It's only the inevitable future if the government outlaws the internal combustion engine. Market forces will never replace the internal combustion engine or the diesel engine with Without EV technology. It just yeah. won't. Unless yeah. they outlaw them, they'll never go away. So if they want it by 2030, that's what they're going to have to do. And there's no market for this absent the subsidies. The only reason people buy an EV is because of the heavy subsidies. So what we're doing, Chuck, is we're taking taxpayer money from middle class and lower middle class, working class people, and we're giving it to rich people like your neighbor that's violated every zoning regulation concerning garages in the city of Columbus. But because he's putting in an EV garage they're they've let him violate all the laws he's cut down some beautiful trees to put this garage and a, a piece of land not big enough for a garage doesn't have enough setbacks not even supposed to have a garage there in the first place but the city council doesn't care because he's got most favored nation status because he drives evs this is the kind of nonsense that has to end you know, and that, and that neighbor, you know, is going to actually uh, could harm a, a historical vehicle. That was yes. actually a Camp David uh, 64 Lincoln Kennedy compound car that I bought from the surgeon who was the surgeon at Camp David. 
you know, back in Maryland, I got all the titles and everything and all the patina and everything to go with it. You know, he doesn't care, but he doesn't want to put it on his lot. He wants to put it close to ours, you know, for a charging station for two of his cars. It's nothing but an EV charging station. You know, and we talked about this before. It's also, you know, they had blood diamonds, you know, at the turn right. of the century. Now it's blood batteries with these kids, but they don't care. You know, rules for thee, not for me. You know, and I want to That's be cool. Exactly. I, 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 I want to be cool. I'm the cool guy driving an electric car, or I want to be in Nantucket, or I want to be, you know, out at, at Pebble Beach or Monterey Peninsula, and I'm going to buy a $250,000 1974 Bronco that's all decked out and we'll never see the sand. It's just for them to go to Starbucks and look cool. It's the same right. thing with the EVs. You can't do any kind of long trips with these things because it just doesn't work. And I'll tell you what, in the cold winters, in the flyover states, those batteries are not very reliable. And you're trying you can't to keep them drive. Does, doesn't work. You can't drive from New York to Boston in the wintertime in an EV. That's how bad they are. Okay. That's a that's a relatively short distance. It's only a two and a half hour drive. You can't do it. And there's another technology that I think is very promising and that I actually like. I would have no problem driving a hybrid vehicle if they didn't make them as ugly as the Prius. Okay. The Prius has got to be the ugliest car ever created. But if you use hybrid technology, in a, a normal-looking vehicle, that's something worth looking at because your gas mileage is is tremendous. Yeah, but you know, in Ohio, if you drive a hybrid, Timbo, they actually they actually tax you extra money because you're driving a harp hybrid or an EV in the state of Ohio. They tax you for because they're not getting tax dollars, you know, through the gas pump anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there we have it. Everything is a taxing opportunity for the rapacious government. Which is why at the federal and at the state level, we need to trim our government by half to two thirds. One third isn't going to be enough. And you know what else we need to trim? We need to trim the entire DEI budget of that university you've got there in Columbus. They're building an entire building just for DEI staff. How much does that building cost and how much are the people in it making? Every single one of those dollars is going to promote racism, to promote division and to promote dis- discrimination. And I don't think the state legislature should be funding it. You know, and, and actually George Lang and the Business First Caucus have defunded that. They're not going to pay for it. I don't know how they, you know, well, Ohio State has billions of dollars in their endowment, even though they lost a billion dollars, you know, with uh, bad mortgage-backed securities. They hid that by selling 100-year bonds. And just like the city of Chicago, they sold off the parking system to try to reclaim some of that money that they had under management. City of Chicago's right. parking meters, and what would that do? Fund their pension for a couple of months? We're going to get it now. Now they're all complaining that we lost that. We're going to get it back. Whoever owns that fund are going to end up getting screwed out of it somehow. They're going to take it back. But, you know, in Ohio State, it was sold to an Australian, of all things, from TNT Rails, it sold to an Australian pension company. Yeah. You know, and, and they wanted to sell the golf course where Jack Nicholas played and the airport. They wanted to sell that too, you know, back where, you know, we had a bunch of, you know, we had uh, Curtis LeMay, you know, was uh, Army ROTC. You know, mm-hmm. he was the one who founded the Air Force. And you also had um, Tibbetts is another person. He founded uh, NetJets, you know, the one that, uh, you know, dropped the bomb in Hiroshima. He's another right. Ohio. You know, and well, all these I have, people. I have the solution for Ohio State's budget woes. What they need to do, nope, they need to just deport the 25,000 Chinese Red Army officers that they have studying there because every single student from China in America is actually a Red Army spy. Oh, they signed Get rid of those 25,000. Now, all of a sudden, you don't need that much classroom space. You don't need that many dormitories. You can sell off all that real estate and you can run a nice, Lean, mean, America first university. How about that? I might even root for the football team if they did that. The way it used to be. You know, there's what, how many staff members per student now? Like, I think it's uh, almost 20 per student. Yeah, it's over 20. It's ridiculous. It wasn't like that at all. You know, you went there to get a real degree in, in engineering, you know, accounting, you know, math, chemistry, um, 
now they have well, all it's these the number one computers. welding school in the country number one number one welding school in in the country and that's one of the reasons why the chinese students come here but they're not you know i last time i you know i told you when i was at consumer electronics show i'm always wearing my house state stuff as a talking point you don't mm -hmm. want to go to convention and had this chinese guy jump out of his booth and he goes oh h and I, I, I should have said, you know, for you, Tibbo, N-O, but I said, I go to Ohio State. I go, I got, I, what'd you get? He says, you know, I got my degree in, in welding engineering. He goes, what do you think uh, motherboards and circuits are made out of? You know, it's all micro welds. It's soldering. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, all that technology. But the big thing is, Tibbo, we still got to finish off this, the Ohio State University in this Michigan game is so important. And really, truly, I hope it's a great game. I'm kind of rooting for kind of rooting for Jim. Yeah, this is breaking news. This is breaking news, folks. Mr. Ohio State University, Mr. Buckeye himself. Oh. The guy that met with the development officer for lunch last week, who was starstruck because of everything that Chuck had done for Ohio State University. He's like, wait a second, you did this for, you got the ROTC building built and this and that and the other thing. The guy was a little bit starstruck having lunch with you. And yet you're gonna root for the Wolverines to win? Absolutely gonna root for the Wolverines to win. And why Absolutely. is that? Quickly, we got a minute. Because of what's going on with Jim Habba, it's really about he's he's pro-choice and he came out- Pro-life. And he just wanted to get rid of Pro-life. Yeah, he's yeah, pro-life. Sorry, pro-life. Uh, sorry, Timbo. It's been a long week. So, yeah, very, very pro-life of Jim Harbaugh, and they're after him for that. Yeah, it's funny that uh, they weren't after him until he made that announcement last summer that he and his wife would adopt any baby that any player or anybody affiliated with the program, if 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 somebody got pregnant and didn't want the child, that he and his beautiful um, bride would would adopt that child as soon as he said that doesn't matter that he's a hardcore democrat doesn't matter that he was a big obama fan doesn't matter that he was pushing the gene jab they won't tolerate any deviation from the narrative they had to kill jim harbaugh's career and that's what's going on up in michigan chuck Tomorrow. i hope it's a great game i always love the game it is the game and there's one thing i will give ohio state it's the best damn band in the land Look for them dotting the I with the tuba at halftime when they do script Ohio. Oh, That's H. it for another week on The Reckoning. Stay tuned on TNT Radio for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.